The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Welcome to Guys We Fuck. The anti-slutching podcast. Yo, you haven't said I'm Christina Hutchinson. I'm Corinne Fisher. And I'm your boyfriend. Bring us your slutty, your horny, and your shame. Hey, you a slut? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about fucking. Hi, fuckers. How you doing? Where you been? You okay? You doing good? It's cold out there. Warm the fuck up and welcome to another episode of Guys We Fuck. It's the anti slut shaming podcast. I'm Corinne Fisher. I'm Christina Hutchinson. Okay, so we got to start. We were we were we, just we, setting up. A bomb just dropped before we started recording. <laughs> Michael, tell the listeners what you just told us right. because we were talking about you know the 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 thought of like writing it into a podcast for advice, and then Michael offers this to us yeah so i have uh, i'm a big fan of a guy named randy newman love him who, yeah toy story if, soundtrack yes aces musical if, artist musical got a artist. friend in me bitch right if you're unfamiliar he's done all of the pixar movie yeah. soundtracks so mm-hmm. Magic- um, not setting up a great case for yourself yeah, well, I, I, listen it's so an embarrassing story make me feel good though <laughs> um so randy newman has obviously been writing music since the 60s he's like a acclaimed songwriter and he always writes these songs where he is writing in character what i haven't even gotten to the, the thing yet can you so, switch to corinne's reaction so, in between your story please so for juicy. the cut i can't even handle it so um when i really got into music randy newman was one of the guys i got into and um he has a lot of songs that are kind of um written in character but they are sad because same girl i play them on the piano about heroin Oh, well, he you're like, shit, Randy Newman gets dark. He's very dark. He gets the, dark. I did not expect that from him. There's a couple. The 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 big ones for me are um, there's have you ever heard Wedding in Cherokee Company? Uh, Wedding in Cherokee Country. No, it's about a guy who is. But I don't want, I like the idea of a white guy singing about that. But no, yeah. no, no. Well, so the 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 song is about a guy like like in the during the turn of the century who's mar- like a mail order bride is a 
is a is a Native, Native American, oh, and boy. she just doesn't want to marry him, and he's he resents her for not want to marry her. But oh, so the wow. whole song is about like we're getting married anyway, and like I oh hate, that's so dark, it's crazy, it's so depressing. He has Whew. a bunch of songs. Like I love this. how he's like that. He's like you got a friend. Yeah, in me. he's brilliant. So one he has the song. What a range, Randy Newman. What a range. So he has this song called Guilty. And the song, I don't know if you ever heard it, but the song is about a guy who gets like drunk and loaded on drugs. Um, mm. And he's going through this, I guess it's sort of a breakup, but he hates himself. And he's at mm. this, he's at a payphone. Oh, wait, let me unzip my payphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. He's at a payphone. Is he on the payphone? And, and he's calling, uh, he's calling this woman who like. Uh, oh, does he need help with money? <laughs> <laughs> does he near, is he near Western Union? Because your girl got funds. <laughs> So he's he's calling uh he's calling this woman that doesn't want to be with him and it's uh-huh. just this whole song about oh, how like so he's not good enough and he's oh. he hates himself for it and he just can't be nice to himself or whatever. And I'd be like, I agree. Nice, <laughs> nice chat. <laughs> We're on the same page about one thing. <laughs> so when I specifically when I was going through my b- bad breakup, I had a crying. With who? With who? Who was it? <laughs> the audience you went knows through by bad now. breakup. I don't even remember. Which one? <laughs> You've talked about it so little. Rhymes with sex uh, <laughs> I had uh, I had this playlist that I would listen to that was like specifically for crying for sure when I felt like I needed to kind of like purge myself did oh, you make yeah. a unique one for her to make her feel special no it wasn't specific it God wasn't like damn, a, it not was- even in this case <laughs> it was Awful. just it's just like it's it, I, I I haven't needed it since I've been out of the relationship really nice. mm. but at that time um yeah this is I was using it for that reason yeah um and it, there's like seven Randy Newman songs on it and I was just <laughs> Balling. It's a lot of Randy it's Newman a lot of Randy on one list. And, and you were like, I need to let this guy know. So there was one night where we had gotten into sort of a fight. and You it, were still with I us? I just see Mike opening Coors Life and thunder <laughs> and lightning and rain. It was, it was Miller like a, High Life. It was a dreary <laughs> evening. It was like 1130 at night and she was in oh. the bedroom and I was in the living room. Oh. And I was just like, I was just sitting there with my laptop and my headphones on and I was just fucking crying my eyes Jerk out. Jerking off. Listening crying, to yeah. Randy Newman and um uh I I I was so emotional and I just felt so lonely and everything mm-hmm. that I went to Randy Newman's uh <laughs> to his <laughs> to his website ah! and there was a contact page ah! <laughs> That's reserved for psychos, Michael. Well, <laughs> and children who love Toy Story. God damn! So I clicked the contact page, no. and I wrote this very long, uh, like, email to him. I was like, Randy, you dear, don't know who I am, dear Randy. But yeah, it was like, dear Randy, you have no idea who I am. But my name is Mike. Uh, you know, oh I'm twenty eight. Please, uh, please. <laughs> do you have a copy of this letter? No, because it was one of those. It's one of those. It was those forms on the yeah, site. It's the form. Once Fuck. you send it, it's gone. We gotta reach out. If anybody knows Randy Newman, uh, there's gotta be archives somewhere. We need Michael's Randy letter. Newman's assistant. We have his assistant, his agent, his manager. I, so many people listen to guys we fucked. For the love of Christ. Somebody must know Randy. Newman. It didn't send you a we receipt. We need this letter. It sent we me a, need to do well, this letter. Like, I, I thanks for I, contacting Randy Newman. I think I got Don't a, do it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I got a contact that it was like confirmed that it, it went through. But the yeah, the letter was just like you have no idea. <laughs> 
<laughs> you have no idea what you mean to me and what your music means to wow. me and like all this stuff and like like I feel I'm literally writing Randy Newman right now and be like Michael Coscarelli wrote you a long time ago I need a copy we're of that really letter. sorry about that bro I need a copy of that letter and I was just like Mike. you have no idea how how important it is like your art it means so much to oh me oh my god this is killing me it's at a time where like like it just I feel no one understands me wow. I just like like your music is helping me through a really hard time that was your suicide hotline and then it's Randy Newman's contact and then my ex came out and saw me sitting there crying listening to Randy Newman and she was just like wait I thought you were using her headphones well she didn't I just didn't know exactly what I was listening to but she just saw me like just fucking bawling and I was just like uh uh, uh, I'm sorry (laughs) I was just like sniveling um and long story short, I never heard back from Randy. But oh, <laughs> I think he Randy. got it. Don't worry, I got the contact form up. I'm alright. You're on a list. I don't blame him. I don't know what he would have possibly you're, you're said. You're on a do but... not sell to you got, ticket list. You got 86 stuff for his website. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I thought it would be like one of those situations where, like, like now Don't let this man into the venue <laughs> where he call you and be like, Michael, I've been waiting to hear from a young Italian man like yourself. I'm so glad my music could reach your soul. It's me, Randy Newman. <laughs> you got a friend in Randy Newman, Mikey. Oh my God. You know, it's oh. not my finest moment, but I hit a real low point and he was of <gasps> comfort to me. Uh, wow. And I just thought dude. he had to know. <laughs> and one day, Whew, God, one day funny. I'm going to meet him and I'm going to tell him that story. God, that was good. That really did it for me. Ugh. Oh, that was good. Well, I'm glad it's out there now for all the listeners. Oh, I feel really well, good. Meet him soon because he's 78. I feel I really good. Hang about in there, Randy. Randy. Hang in there until you meet Mikey, Big Dong, Dicky Coscarelli. Oh, Randy, I need to meet you. This needs to happen. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. You didn't tweet him. You didn't nope. DM him on Instagram. You went to his website and filled out the contact form. Wow. It was far you too personal Googled- to tweet. <sighs> right, 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 right. I right. just, you know, and I he's like a big enough artist that, he's a huge artist. Yeah, but I also thought that he was, he's not like, he's not getting audience, left. He's not like Taylor Swift. Right. He's not inundated right. with messages. With fan mail. Right. Yeah. That's what I, so or I thought so I had think. a shot at getting a, a word back on you one might of be the wrong. guys who uh, has influenced a lot of my uh, emotional uh, growth. Wow. Whether he knows it or not. Oh, that was, that was really special, Michael. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that Thank with you us, sharing. quite honestly. Yep. Thank you for your service. Well, <laughs> All right, if you want to email the show, <laughs> you want to contact Randy Newman, just go to randynewman.com slash contact. We right. answer emails. Why would, yeah. why, you know, why would right. Randy Newman not? Well, he's busy and he doesn't have a podcast. He's and that's not his main form of income. Different art form, yeah. yeah. It's a fair point. Uh, sorry about last night's show at gmail.com is the email address to send all your woes, dumpetry, whatever, to. The subject line I feel like is, we're going to clip that up and then we're going to hear from Randy Newman. I fucking hope so. We're going to tag the shit out of him. And if you could tag Randy in the comment section. Oh, is like, he on Instagram? We're going to be served a restraining order. <laughs> if we're lucky. How fun. Yeah. I would love that. Mike writes a road man show. You got a stalker in me, Randy Newman. <laughs> Randy Newman official. He only has 26.1 thousand followers. Shit. Wait, See what I'm only, saying? He's only following one person. Is it Mike? Beyonce. No. It's, Keep the tabs it, on me. No, it's done such records. I guess he has a record, uh, record company. Wow. All right. Wow. Subject line. I had a woo-woo dream about an ex, and now I feel like I need to find him. 
girl. Hey, Corinne and Christina, been a listener for many years and appreciate all the content you two put out for us. Let's jump to it, though. Last night, my ex showed up in my dream. We dated from 2011 to 2013 on and off, and I honestly haven't thought about him in years. In the dream, I was volunteering at an event with my fiance in real life, not a dream dreamt up one. (laughs) And my ex showed up and super politely asked if I could go talk with him. I agreed and followed him across the street into his house where there was a bunch of high people and all happy to see me. Without going into too much detail about our history, this resembles many of the nights that we spent together. So I was a little on edge because some of those nights were good and some of them weren't. Yeah, you know, like a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) This is like me finding out that the world isn't ponies and rainbows and it's actually like sad and dark. Mm -hmm. You know, it's ups and downs. (laughs) Pretty crazy. I know, but sometimes you're like, I can't believe life is like this. Uh, But he led me into a game room with an air hockey table, asked me to play. We played and talked and pretty much made peace with each other over the very hostile breakup and interactions that we had. Hmm. That's nice. Sounds healing. It was also very clear to me that he was sober during this conversation, um, which he was only sober for a few months at the beginning of our relationship. At the end, we hugged, but our hug got interrupted by his dad coming in and saying it was time for him to go. Mm. I don't normally read too far into dreams, but it reminded me eerily of a dream I had when I was 12 of my, quote, uncle. He had been in a wheelchair for many years and suffered from many physical issues, but in the dream, he walked up to me. Oh, if your uncle has passed away, that that means he's his soul's coming to you in a dream. Uh, he came up to me politely interrupted the conversation I was in and we talked and caught up for a bit. It ended with him saying he had to go and then I hugged him and he walked away disappearing into the distance. The next morning, my family found out he had passed away the same night. That's exactly what that was. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, Sorry for your loss, but also like what a beautiful moment you got to have with your uncle. Mixed message, I think. (laughs) No, but I mean, it's like a beautiful moment that you get to have, which hopefully brought you closure. But again, you still have to grieve. The correlation between the two dreams had me very on edge today. I'm almost to the point of looking for psychics or mediums just to try to get more information. I mean, did you go on Facebook and see if he was dead? I did send my a message to my ex on Instagram, but he rarely goes on any social media anymore, so he most likely won't see it for months, assuming he's all right. After some social media stalking, I found out that he hasn't talked to his family in over a year, and the last person that I know talked to him at the end of September. That's not good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, It also seems like according to his posts last year, Mm. he was trying to get sober and was attempting to avoid suicidal tendencies. Should I reach out to his friend to see if he's talked to him recently or even just get his number and text him myself? Yeah. We dated in high school and I haven't ran in and haven't ran into each other since 2017, but he was also my first love and holds a very special place in my heart. I appreciate any feedback you guys have. Sincerely, am I paranoid? I think it's very possible that this person might have passed away. Yeah, reach um, out to him. It, it, the, the, the dream that you had with your uncle is something that I've read about in all the books about mediumship that I've read and stories that I've heard. Like a, a loved one after they pass will visit you in a dream and it'll be like a very real encounter. It'll be a healing encounter and they will be, they will present as their best self so like you said if your uncle was in a wheelchair and you see him in a dream after he's passed he's going to be walking uh if your ex-boyfriend uh you know was you know not you know was on drugs or alcohol from the majority of your relationship and he passed away and he comes to you in a dream he's going to be present and sober so it's possible that well he also this away. is like what happened to me last year when my yeah my childhood best friend like woke me up in the middle of the night and i found out she was dead so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's, it's very possible and also then you, the, the path that you just went on i mean sounds very bad yeah uh so yeah like all signs point to it's very possible that he passed away i don't think it's ever unless you like did something really heinous to someone where like they're healing because of you 
uh, I would always say it's fi- always fine to check in on somebody. Yeah. The only time it's not okay to check in is like if like you like raped someone and you want to don't check in on them. Yeah. Don't leave them the fuck alone. Just leave them alone. And don't rape. You know what I mean? Just leave them alone. Small ask. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, definitely definitely look into it because it seems like... Yeah, you're not paranoid. Things aren't okay. You're putting two and two together in a way that, to me, makes total sense. Yeah. So thank you for writing. Uh, I'm curious... Uh, my 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 feeling is that he did pass away, but um, but he might not have. I'm just curious. He could also be in trouble. I mean, people do visit yeah, yeah. you in their dream in, in in your dreams. Like that's like kind of like a way to like psychically connect with people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I try to like control it a little a little bit more, but I don't think I have that. I my, my oh, you should, powers. You should get um, fully. I love that functioning. Movie. I really thought that I could fucking make objects move when I was a kid. Um, there's books on lucid dreaming. Mm. Um, that you can kind of get control over it. Well, lucid dreaming is a little. Is that's a little anybody different. can apparently I know what that, learn. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I mean, like, um, I'm talking more like, uh, like telepathy. Ah, uh, ooh, I want that so bad. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Getting stuff off your chest is incredible. It's so therapeutic. We all carry around different stressors. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. A lot of them are very big. Uh, But we keep them bottled up and it could start affecting us negatively. And then we act like a jerk to the people we love. And we're like, this is not how I want to be. Therapy has saved my life personally. There are so many benefits of it. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Although if you have experienced major trauma, highly recommend. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designated to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you could switch at any time. Finding a therapist is like dating. They're not all going to work out in the first try. BetterHelp understands that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash guys to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash guys. Guys, the weather's getting warmer. It's time to say goodbye to your jackets and all your sweaters. And you got to refresh your wardrobe. Well, luckily... I found Quince, and now you have too, because you're listening to this. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you go to their website, the amount of categories, they have travel, lookbooks, men, women, home, babies, and kids – their stuff is so cute. So I own a couple items from Quince, and one of them is the Italian leather handwoven crossbody purse in green, emerald, and I get compliments on it all the time. It's a small purse, which I really love because then I don't put as many things in it. Um, guys, Quince is amazing. They have very luxury items for very cheap prices. Get warm weather ready, baby, with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash GWF for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash GWF to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash GWF. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. All right. Come see us live. 
Oh yeah, actually we do have a sh- I do I do have a show to promote. Uh New Year's Eve. Woo! New Year's Eve. What the fuck are you doing on New Year's Eve? Bye, well, 2022. Uh I'll be in New York and I have a show that I usually do at New York Comedy Club uh East Village. I'm excited to do it again. Uh it's at 6 p.m. so you can start the night off with a comedy show and then go get fucking blitz whatever the fuck you're going to do. Yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna be there. Fuck up, right. fuck yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah. As long as you're over the uh, 21 New Year's Eve usually Chad. like the least uh, exciting night of the year. We, everyone th- always thinks always it's going to be like a crazy. I've never worked on parties. New Year's. Really? Never. I always work on New Year's. I always just want to kiss a boy on New Year's, but now I want to work and do stand up. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Corinne Fisher's morbid New Year's Eve. It'll be people telling fucked up jokes about the year that they had, so we can all start New Year with a clean slate. Uh, I'll be there. Christina Hutchinson will be <laughs> I'm there. So excited Ryan for this Long theme. will be there. Lev Fur will be there, and more people who I text. Because I'm only letting my friends perform on the show because I'm not trying to fucking ruin uh, New Year's for myself. God damn right. And so that's that's where it's going to be. But yeah, get tickets. Uh, if the ticket like isn't up by the time this airs, it'll be up soon. But just reserve the night. Mm-hmm. Reserve the night. This is the earliest I've ever planned my New Year's Eve. Because mm-hmm. I usually say, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because I usually think something cool is going to happen. And then like mm-hmm. three nights before, I, I text Emilio Savone at New York Comedy Club. Like, can I please work? Because this is things are getting dark over here. <laughs> And then he goes, okay, correct. It's not of course. panning out like I thought it would. Of course, there's always a spot for you. And yeah. um, please listen to Without a Country. It's my political podcast on the Gas Digital Network. It's so much fun. Oh, my God. We had such a fun midterm election show. And... Um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to watch the new Casey Anthony docu-series together. Ooh. We're going to talk about that. So, like, there's just so much coming up. And also, Trump just announced that he's running for president again. I mean, Elon Musk is taking over Twitter. There's so many interesting topics. Yeah, there's so many interesting he topics is. to discuss. And you got to roast them so they don't seem terrible. So join us without a country. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I think that's the best way to watch it because there's a lot of visual elements to the show. Um, and you could also get clips on uh, Instagram at without a country podcast and i would like to promote my patreon it's patreon.com slash christina hutchinson and i have a solo podcast that is available to listen to on itunes for free or wherever you get podcasts i did 89 episodes it's called the voices in our heads um i wrote and sang the theme song very proud of that and uh, i do uh monthly episodes just on patreon now where i just talk about all the stuff i'm going through a lot of mental health stuff a lot of mommy issues daddy issues stuff uh and a lot of just um pondering the world and figuring out how i could feel better in my own body and mind um and then i also do for patreon uh three to four times a month group zoom therapy and quotes chad because i'm not a licensed therapist but i basically facilitate group mm, lamenting we'll say um a couple times a month and it's very helpful I really enjoy it. I love hearing people's stories and I like um, I like learning from other people. So it's been very fun. So join patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson. And also I'm doing all this woo-woo shit. I went to take a three-day-long three course from Laurel and Jackson and, so, and I record all this stuff. I record the audio from all these things I do and I upload it to my Patreon because I want to share it with you. So uh, go subscribe, okay? Five bucks a month. That's it. That's all it is. Five bucks a month. You could talk to me four times a month. What? That's crazy. Patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson. And then, you know, rate and review motherfucking Guys We Fucked and follow us, follow Guys We Fucked on the Apple Podcast chart uh, app. We're gonna, we need these ratings and reviews and we need these follows because we want to stay in the top 200 in the comedy charts, okay? Because Guys We Fucked is a legendary show. We're, we're, we're breaking ground. We're carving out new, keep us in where we, on the top 200. <laughs> 
And make sure to subscribe to our YouTube. It's youtube.com slash guys. We fucked without the you in fucked. Watch all the free, amazing content we have there, including our comedy special, uh, our special day, the dumb bitch woo woo hour, yep. uh, full, uh, full video episodes of these podcasts that you had been asking for for fucking years and years and years. Mm-hmm, They're mm-hmm. all up there. It's gorgeous. It's fun. Gorgeous. I like, I, and I honestly, I, you know, I never listen to the podcast, but I've been lis- listening to the podcast a lot more because watching it to me so much more interesting than listening to it. And yeah. I, it's it, I, I enjoy it a lot more uh, in taking podcasts on YouTube, but that's just me. I'm a visual person, you know. You're a visual person. I'm a visual person. How you doing? Um, I just have a little thing. I know you have a big thing, but uh, this is just uh been going on. Um, you know, last week I I presented some lyrics from the Lil Dicky song Molly, uh, <laughs> and and this week, and I got I hate I hate to call him out because he's my favorite guy. Uh, <gasps> Randy Liz? Newman. Yeah, it's Randy Newman. <laughs> oh God, it was Randy Newman. Uh, no, but this week, uh, Louis Capaldi shared a bit <gasps> of his new uh song, and I gotta say, doesn't pass the Crindel test. Oh no, Louis Capaldi. What say you to this? So the lyrics of this, and it's been going. It's been going like around <clears throat> TikTok, but not because people are upset. They love it. Um, it says uh, the lines are: "I bring her coffee in the morning. She brings me inner peace." I take her out to that's fan- not a fair trade. Nope. I take her out to fancy restaurants. She takes the sadness out of me. Oh my fucking god, that's an unfair trade. I make her cards on her birthday. She makes me a better man. You can afford to buy her a gift. I take her water when she's thirsty. She takes me as I am. You're just doing assistant work for her at a very minor level. You're and she's making your life better. a task rabbit. She's recalibrating your entire nervous system. I would call that song. The scales are uneven. What's the song called? It. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know because I don't even know if he named it. Yes, he's. He, he, you know, he's. I appreciate the you know the sentiment behind it because he went through a breakup like two years ago and he's not even trying to get over it. And I salute <laughs> you. I salute you, Louis Capaldi. <laughs> I really appreciate that. There's you know, there's no need to heal. I don't know why people are trying to heal. <laughs> I want to heal. Well, that's overrated. Yeah, no, healing, it's not. Healing is overrated. It's an admirable journey. Just stay stuck on it. I mean, it's like I also don't know. I'm like, well, are you trying to get her back, or are you just like, because like like if someone's trying to get me back, like I'd be open to it, but not just that's, like those lyrics ain't gonna get me back. Yeah, not just by like writing a song that's gonna like make a hundred thousand women cream over you. But like, also that's not too, how that's you're gonna like, get me back. This guy can't win. But, wait, but wait, also, <laughs> where's the right writer- private letter right that you're not monetizing and also but, when so, the but thing, this is his livelihood well, but, that's not but my michael problem. i brought, I brought you, you inner peace water and you made me a better man yeah that's not a fair trade yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so what should the lyrics be it literally reminded me of this joke i wrote about how i about how someone told me i gave them confidence and i was like i guess he taught me about gems like literal rocks yeah oh wow that's not a fair trade either N- nope Shit, got played. <laughs> Straight girl getting played left and right here. <laughs> oh man! So anyway, I've been oh, I've Lewis. been pretty upset about that sorry. all weekend. I'm so sorry. That sucks. I guess the dream is dead. Yeah. <sighs> you never, never say never. I mean, maybe. Lewis is a handful. I never thought he wasn't, but. <laughs> 
So am Thanks I. Thanks one and no one. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was like, uh, we can handle it, you know? And his TikToks are so dang funny. Louis, I don't understand why you don't date Corinne. Come on, Louis. Like, like he's, he's still, I don't, I also, I can't date him yet because he's still hung up on this other is he? woman. Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Two years later? He gains a lot of pounds of weight and like, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. He's not, yeah. Hmm. Well, if you ever want a jogging buddy, well, I can't lose any more weight. People are already falling off chairs when I walk in. And also, guys, relax. <laughs> I lost weight. I know I lost weight. Just please stop. I was literally <gasps> dying Corinne, last you look year. Amazing. It's just it's so annoying at this point. It's so annoying. This is like my normal healthy body weight. It, and it and it just makes me feel like what I was sitting around doing? eating nachos. And it also then makes me angry about all this like body positivity bullshit even more because it's just like I feel my fucking value in society go right. So it's like and that's not okay. I'm not saying that's okay. But what I am saying is fucking annoying. Body posi- positivity is bullshit. Tell, tell the rest of society because no one got the memo. <laughs> Literally, my career is going better. My life is. Go- uh, the only thing I will say is like uh, when I no matter what weight I am. Uh, guys still want fuck. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. That never <laughs> changes. That never changes. Yeah. And I'm not, not cooking, I'm not, not talking like fucking never call me again. I'm like talking like fuck and like hang out with me in person. Oh, she got that public. Pers- what that personality do? Okay. Get a lot of dick. All right. a lot of dick. Yeah. Not too shabby. But everyone else, you guys suck. <laughs> How are you, Christina? I'm doing great. I'm doing a lot better. I, I know the last, it's so, God, I, I, I love and I hate like lamenting in the moment on this podcast because it's like I my moods change so quickly. Oh, we need content. Yeah, it's true. And oh boy, I got content for you. Thank God. Uh, last week, I was very, I just had a very anxious. I had my period and I was just like, oh, PMSing and like the mood and the, and, and I was, you know, noticing all these traits in me that feel um, similar to like uh, the, all the books that I read about borderline personality disorder. And I had people in my life with, with that. And I know people with it. And so it just, it just makes me really aware. And I do this thing, especially when I'm like in a mood, in a bad mood, where when I am self-aware about something I'm doing, I beat myself up about it, which is so unproductive. And I, I, I've shared a lot of stuff on this podcast. I've talked about the um, Alyssa Vitti book, Woman Code. A lot of people DM me about that all the time. It's called Woman Code by Alyssa Vitti. Don't You don't got to DM me about what it's <laughs> called because I'm telling you. We just press rewind. Don't you know what I mean? Like rewind it and then find it. But whatever. So many people ask me about that book, which I'm glad because I think it's really important to to understand how your body works. Knowledge is power. I will say uh, I I found myself I was in a deep depression last year and it was it was probably the worst depression I've ever experienced. It was awful. It was fucking awful. And I didn't know how to get out of it. And I found I felt that kind of creeping up again on me. And instead of going, no, um, I, I really worked hard to try to help myself. And I've been reading all these self-help books. You guys, if you've listened to the podcast for the whole time, you certainly know we fucking interviewed my mom. And then you mm. watched me realize I had childhood trauma and you watched me or listened to me realize like, oh, I wasn't being treated with I was being manipulated by my parents. Uh, and then I eventually cut this parent off. And so it's quite a journey. Um, and so in that journey, I have devoured all of these self-help books. And I understand that a lot of people can get like addicted to self-help. But the way that I do it is I'm just listening to all this stuff. 90% of it goes in one ear and out the other. I'm just listening for something to help fi- 
to help me with my own perspective. Um, and when I when I when I find an author or when we when, you know a book and there's something in it for me of value, I really like try to take it in, but you know without being like uh, addicted for a cure. You know, I'm just trying to figure figure myself out. And the if I can depart, I would say the most important author up until today. Um, but he's been he's been holding this place in my heart for several year, years now that I cannot recommend to you all listening to enough. I cannot recommend this author enough is Michael Singer. He wrote The Untethered Soul, uh, which is a book that I turn to a lot, kind of like Pema Chodron's When Things Fall Apart. But this book, he talks about trauma and he doesn't say the word trauma. He just goes, we all have stuff. We all have stuff that mm. comes up in us. We all we collect it. We collect it all throughout our lives. Whether that stuff was given to you because your mom didn't love you in the way that you needed to be loved, uh, if you were molested as a child, if you uh, if you went through a really bad breakup in high school, all of these things, no matter the intensity, it all builds up. It's accumulation of stuff, and he proposes this idea that we can be happy. The type of happiness that we feel when we're madly in love with somebody, we can feel that. That feeling comes from inside of us. No one is giving us that feeling. But we, our, our, our ego and our mind kind of trick us into believing that if this person leaves me, then that feeling of happiness and joy and security leave me. That's not true. We've all Sometimes been- it comes back. Yeah. Well, it, it it's always in there, yeah. but your heart opens and closes. And he talks about one of the main points of the untethered soul is one of like the, the uh, like a main piece of advice he gives you is when you're in a romantic relationship or in any any situation in your life, but a romantic relationship really holds a mirror to your insecurities if you have them uh, and a magnifying glass, really, uh, when you, you could feel your heart open and close. So if I'm dating somebody and they say things that I love that make me happy, that I feel supported, my heart's open. If they say one thing that hits my stuff, maybe my mom said something like that to me that way, or, you know, years ago, whatever it is, your heart closes. And so it's all about really noticing when your heart closes and intentional, intentionally relaxing every muscle in your body when you feel that. Because he says, we store things when we store it. He calls it a samskara, which is like Buddhist. It's like mm. a Buddhist term, mm. which means like a trigger, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, big or small. We store samskaras with pain. And then when they go to release, when our heart goes to release them, it also releases with pain because that's what we store deep down there. So I kind of had this click moment where I found myself going back into this depression where I was like, oh, my God. And I, and I said the same things to myself. I don't have a mom. I don't have a dad. I'm a fucking or like my, my brain was just doing this. Woe is me shit. And um, and I realized I was re-listening to Michael Singer. He wrote this book called Living Untethered. That is just like how to implement the the practices of the untethered soul it is such a great book but i recommend reading the untethered soul first if you've read both of those and you haven't read the surrender experiment truly one of the most mind-blowing stories i have ever read in my life he illustrates from start to finish exactly how he lived his life and how events unfolded and it's fucking unbelievable and he was truly practicing what he preached i've never heard a story like it so if you read both of those books highly recommend the surrender experiment um but uh, wait, where was I? I went on a little tangent there. Um, I, I felt this. I felt this uh, like depression creep back up, and I'm like, I'm gonna deal with it. And I was listening to to Living Untethered, and it was a very helpful book. And uh, and the 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 point that he made that really helped me is something I just said. But it's like 
uh, I, it made me realize when stuff, when you release stuff that you've stored in there, it also hurts. So I think last year, I think um, when I was going through that deep depression, old feelings of trauma, old feelings of abandonment, old feelings of, you know, my mom fucking tried to kill herself in front of me so many times. She, there's so many like really traumatic things that happened. And I stored them with pain. Of course, that's what any human would do. But I think they were trying to come back up and it hurt so bad that I put a I put a cap on it. And so now I'm just letting it come up and like leave my body. Basically saying when you feel some scars come back up, just relax and allow yourself to breathe through it and feel the pain and separate yourself. You're, you, these, these painful feelings are coming up and this is where a lot of us can get stuck. Your mind tries to rationalize the painful feelings or tries to victimize yourself or tries to like help you. But really all you have to do is just relax into this feeling and just let it pass through your body and you will literally feel your energy like going up. It's truly, it's truly miraculous. Um, but he has a couple quotes from uh, Living Untethered that I wanted to share because I feel like this is such valuable information for on how to live uh, your life. Um, you're lost thinking the world outside has to be a certain way for you to be okay. This is the human predicament and nothing is going to change until you learn to live from a deeper place. And then he has this quote from Rumi. Yesterday I was clever because I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise because I want to change myself. Um, and and he gives you all these examples, but basically a, another just like another summary of the untethered soul. That's like a really important concept that I, again, I've read this book so many times and it finally, it took me reading it probably like six times for it to click. Um, you are not your thoughts. You are the consciousness that knows your thinking. So your brain, your mind is like a television screen, but you're not that screen. You're not in the movie that your mind is projecting. You are completely separate from your thoughts. So that was just really helpful for me because when I started to spiral into de depression uh, a week or two ago, knowing that I'm like, this is just what my brain is doing because my heart is trying to release these fucking feelings that are coming up in me. And my brain's just saying all these things. But I just reminded myself that this is what my brain is doing in an attempt to make it the world better for me, but it's not helpful. And I am not these thoughts like it, it's crazy. It's such a simple concept. But when you're really depressed and you're anxious or you're terrified or any emotion that you don't like feeling that feels intolerable, if you just remind yourself over and over again that you are not that feeling. You are you are the consciousness, the soul in your body, and you have a heart that plays an orchestra. An orchestra can play sad music, it can play happy music, but it just is what it is. And if you kind of separate yourself from those thoughts, it really helped, because when I get in these deep depressions, it, I get suicidal. I just plain straight up get suicidal. And reminding myself that I am not these thoughts, I go, oh. And I just, I something clicked in me where I was like, it doesn't matter how like I'm in a relationship. It doesn't matter how that ends. My happiness is not tethered to a relationship working out, to a career working out, to a project working out, to me looking pretty. It's just not. And then I I don't know. I just really learned to like readjust the way I think about pretty much everything by reading this book. Um, and it was very helpful. Um, so just just a reminder to notice the thoughts inside your head and to really remind yourself that you are the person experiencing your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions. Thoughts and feelings are are completely different things. I and mean, we I don't think we we separate those two 
enough. But most importantly is the detachment that you have with them. It's like you are you are noticing them, but you are not those thoughts. Because I think that's when people get suicidal. There's just the suicide statistics are really bleak. Um, and I, I think that this is a key. Like if I I should volunteer for suicide hotline. I feel like I'm pretty good at it. But um, I feel like one of the key things is like these are just thoughts you're having. Maybe because of circumstances that you went through that were really hard. But the second you realize that you are not your thoughts and you the walls are not caving in to you, like you're the fucking Indiana Jones about to get squished, like the world opens up in a way that you can like appreciate cutting open an orange and just staring at it. Like it's wild. So I just wanted to share that. Um, and uh, yeah, wait, I wrote some other stuff. Hold on. Let me well, yeah, I mean, I think I think what uh, Michael Singer, that's his name, right? Yes. Is uh, is also talking about is just kind of like a more nuanced and complex version of the only way out is through. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what it is for sure. I just kept I always hearing like Alanis like singing that, you know, I mean, it, it, it was a saying, you know, before the Alanis Morissette song, but I just know it from the Alanis Morissette song. So mm-hmm. I, I always think associate her with it. And, you know, I mean, she is my, I associate Alanis she's Morissette my with antibiotics. singer. <laughs> oh, oh, because she rhymed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I take it, I'm like, how about getting off of antibiotics? Uh, yeah. And then it made me go, is it bad to be on antibiotics? And then you do research, you know. Uh, oh, but here, um, a, co- a couple other like just one set like really short gems from him is you can observe what's going on inside your mind or you can be tossed around by it oh seeing a painting versus describing it with your mind so he basically says one an example that he gives of like the way that we take in the world and our mind just goes it has to be like this or we justify things or we explain things to ourselves it doesn't need to happen that way um it's that's that's neurosis is what that is and he says Think about looking, being in a museum and seeing the most beautiful painting you ever saw. It takes you two seconds to be moved by that painting. If you tried to des- describe that painting to a friend, it could take you two hours, but it doesn't matter. What you got in two hours that your brain was trying to do, your soul ingested in two seconds because you allowed the experience of the painting to to make an impression on you and then you let it go. Uh, I thought that was interesting. and And he said... Uh, this the work that you do on yourself is more important than your marriage. It's more important than your children. It's more important than your career, and it's more important than your friends. Um, which I thought was a really powerful thing. I've been say. trying to tell people, and they call me a narcissist. I know, but it turns out Kern was right, guys. I fucking knew it. Um, I literally like like I. <laughs> This is psychotic. I woke up yes. this morning. Juicy. And I like yes. to, I have a loft. So I, you know, my bedroom's upstairs and I, I hate getting up. Not because I'm like sad about life. I just love staying in bed with my dog. It's like it's the fun. most perfect place. Yeah. Um, and so like, especially on like Mondays when I need to be somewhere because we're recording here at a very specific time, I'll I'll put my Alexa on downstairs like and just like get some tunes going in that like, uh, you know, that's an incentive for me to wake up so I can go listen to music. Um, and I was just like in the mirror, like, you know, brushing my teeth, combing my hair. And I was just like, man, I am my favorite person. I'm you the you best, do not. <laughs> I'm the best person I know. And then I was laughing to myself thinking of how <laughs> if people observed this, how um, obsessed with myself they would think. And then, I, and then I was like, but they're wrong. I yeah. was like, if I had one wish for everyone on the planet, 
was that they could all wake up and be like, man, I'm the best person I know. And I guarantee you the world would be better if we all woke up and thought about ourselves. Man, I'm the best person I know. 100%. That's what his whole book is about. And I've been so trying not to tell to read it, people but... that. Yeah. And like, and like, I just. But, but if no one's ever experienced it, it's hard to believe. I, I think is what's happening. I think that's why people have such a reaction to it because they're like, ain't no way in hell that's even possible. So you must be a narcissist. Well, that's fine. Don't um, rain on my parade though. <clears throat> it, right, exactly. But I'm telling All you guys. All the floats are me. It is possible. In different poses. It is possible to experience love. That's my Thanksgiving love. Day parade. You don't need a, a man, a woman, or a non-binary person in your life in order to experience love. You can experience love just by existing in your body. Um, but it, it takes work. But boy, is it worth it. Well, and also the thing that you kind of hinted on about um, how things don't need to be a certain way. Uh, I actually was just uh, in Buddhism, like basically they they have like practices that they do, um, but they'll constantly change how they need to be done. So like, you know, one week, all the words will have to be on the right side of the page and the next week, all the words will have to be on the mm. left side of the page. And that's because um, th- the the need or decision that everything has to be a certain way actually makes us like stop. Uh, it, it fucks with our morality. It makes us, uh, it, yeah, because morality, especially from culture to culture, um, varies drastically, and, and time happening and things evolving. And, and when uh, humans values. like become like kind of these um, gatekeepers of morality, it really fucks yeah. with the universe. And I mean, I think we see it cancel so, culture in so much in, in politics and yeah, and cancel culture. Yeah, and so these people that you know, and that's what, and it was kind of putting into words what always makes me scoff about liberals and why I started calling myself a liberal gone rogue because. Because I hated, especially as a comedian, I hated that notion like that. This is the way it has to be. And this is the only way we can think about it. Otherwise, you're a bad person and you're wrong. Mm. Like, come on. Yeah, what the fuck? There's nowhere and to go And I'm right there. a lot. So that's yeah. crazy. Even if I think that's a bad idea, guys. <laughs> She's right. Oh. Just like, how could you not see that this is like crazy people talk? Yeah. It's like a yeah. cult. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, man. You know who's not in a cult? That we know of. Our guest. Yes. Yeah. He's a comedian and just like he's someone we wanted to have on the show for a long time. There's very few times in comedy where I walk into the lobby of a comedy club and I'm like, glad that guy's here. But I do feel that way about today's guest. Uh, so please welcome to the show, Wilfred Padua. Killing time while I have. happening these days. 
but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. We're here with stand-up comedian Wilfred Padua. Is that how you say your last yeah. name? Did I say it right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. You should have just said it with confidence. That was, I did. I, I just had to double check. I I'll be like, honest. I wouldn't have corrected you. Why? <laughs> I don't... People uh, get really in their head about saying my name on stage and it's not like i'm gonna go oh yeah he didn't know how to pronounce my last name because yeah. that just makes me like feel unimportant that pe- when people don't know how to pronounce it well just that the entire audience the entire audience doesn't know who i am right so and now they're like oh also the host has never heard of this guy right <laughs> right well that's i mean if you're hosting a comedy show this happened the other night you should uh, try um Somebody was being brought on stage and the host just fucked up their name so bad. They, they were uh, on Daisy Zamero, the podcast, and they like they fucked that name up. I'm like, oh, my God, that's awful. Yeah. Uh, but I have mm. met people that like don't correct a mispronouncing. And I does that have to do with self-confidence or you just don't give a it's shit? It's just not that important. OK, I, to you, to me, I, my thought is I need to be more successful so that people know what my last name is before I show up. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna work harder. <laughs> oh, okay. So you use it as fuel for your fire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that was great. inspiring. Like sometimes people call me Kareen, and I go, "I'm just never gonna see this asshole again." <laughs> You're dead to me. I don't um, talk I don't. to you on the next life. I do not care. <laughs> yeah. Um, you were saying you're good at cutting people off. Or yeah. Responding? Well, uh, I think I just have a distance to myself. Yeah, that- I would say so. Yeah, but it's like a nice. Um, it feels uh, like a Buddhisty kind of distance. Am I? Yeah, correct? I guess so. I don't know. I think I'm just like bad at figuring out how to like relate to people and mm. uh, and not feel clingy or annoying and mm. how to like be comfortable being a dude with other dudes. Like guy friendships are bad. Uh, like they're not we don't know they're fun when we're together but like we don't know how to really reach out and oh and connect yeah when you need something yeah like when you're going through a hard time do you reach out to your friends or i don't know i don't that's probably no then yeah probably not have you ever gone through a hard time 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Totally. <laughs> okay. So that was step one. Um, and then step I've got two. A therapist. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. oh, great. Yeah, and that's actually one thing where, like, as soon as I, I've been in therapy for a long time, for like five years now. Nice. Mm-hmm. Since then, I've been not relying on my friends for to. I've realized that there's like some stuff, some people for therapy, which mm-hmm. is my therapist, and mm-hmm. then uh, friends are for friends. Yeah. And you like, can lean on your friends for certain stuff, but it's hard to, sometimes it's hard and you spill over and you're acting like your friends are your therapist and yeah. then they don't want to talk to you anymore. And you're like, yeah. I got to reconsider how I go about my life. Yeah. That's why. And that is part of like why I want to be in a relationship. So I have someone. Do you to, have a therapist? So I have, yeah. So I have a backup <laughs> therapist when she's busy. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she'd love to fill that role. Uh, All the women across the world just groaned. <laughs> no, it's more that I want someone that i know i can reach out to yeah in a time of need wait this this is different though i feel like last time i talked to you you were like not so keen on relationships and that was only a couple months ago no last time uh, or you had just decided i had just broken off with everyone that i didn't uh I wasn't going to be in a relationship. Oh, so everyone, like all the people, everyone, the women, how many all women, the women were, you were fucking? All the line, the lines of women. How many women were, were you fucking? How many were you? There were just like, uh, like two or three casual things. Okay, so you had a little rotation going. Yeah, I feel like isn't that what dating's like now? Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I would love to hear the conversation where you tell them you can't fuck them anymore. Because you're never going to be in a relationship with them, and how that went down. How did it? Go Please down? pretend, pretend you have. It was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not thrilled about. It, it was just a text message. It, did, it was just like, hey. That's yeah, But it was also a good text. But, what, but oh, because I'm like, I'm like, if it's just casual, you could also just like phase it out. There was one that I phased out with, but did it was she like, accept the phasing out, or was she like, what the fuck, Wilfred? No, yeah, it was, I think uh, it was mutual. It was just oh, like, that's, oh, that's I love when that happens. Whatever. Neither of you it wanted just, to be in a relationship. Mutual yeah. phasing out. Oh, chef's kiss. Yeah. And I was like very open from the very beginning. Uh, I used the excuse of, you know, life is busy, blah, blah, blah. Life is busy? <laughs> life is busy? No, the okay. Old, my, when a guy says that, it's just, to me, if a guy, wa- is, uh, if anybody wants to be with you, wants to sleep with you, wants to date you, you will know. Yeah. And if they don't, You'll know. You know what I'm saying? I'm so That's, attracted to you, but I guess life is busy. I guess saying you're busy is like a courtesy, but I'm like, oh, I just see through the bullshit. Yeah, life it is, is bullshit. Busy. It, it is absolutely bullshit, but is. I, but is it better to do the bullshit? Is that a polite to just kind of bullshit in that way? I don't know. Please don't know. Or go it... on tour and make merch that says life is busy. <laughs> it's like life is good, but it's life is busy. And it's just Wilfred yeah. at, at his laptop. <laughs> type, 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 type. Yeah. Right, Twitter is open. <laughs> It's just jerking off. <laughs> yeah, and it is bullshit. Because the truth is, if I really like this person, I would have like made the time for that. Person. Uh, right. Say it together. That's made time. Yep. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's okay that you don't want to make time with somebody. You're yeah. not obligated to. And, and that's for sure. Yeah. And then somebody like making time for you when they don't really want to. Ugh, that's there's nothing yeah. grosser. So, yeah, I'm just I'm always curious, like, if, is there a better way to handle that type of conversation? Because it happens a lot. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That. Do you just go, hey, I don't really like you that much. But like, if you right. wanna, if you want to fuck every other week. Right. You know, like, I don't, I don't know that I would want someone to insert themselves into me after they said I don't like you that yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, correct. Correct. <laughs> correct. <laughs> I don't that, I, I don't know any woman who's going to respond well to that. Uh, so the, I mean, it would have to be, but also like, it would have to be like a woman or you know, the other person would have had to say like, I am interested in a relationship. Otherwise, I would just assume that they weren't interested in a relationship. Um, 
I think people think I'm a relationship guy. Because of the glasses? Because of the glasses. The whole look. <laughs> I've got an NPR look. Yeah, like, you do. I'm, we're going to raise a, a two kids. This guy's going to take me to, to see a TED Talk. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not that guy at all. Who, what kind of guy are you? He's a bad boy. You a bad boy? I'm a bad boy. No, are you a bad boy? <laughs> I'm not even that. I don't you know. You want to be just, bad boy? I'm, I don't know. I'm just... Uh, I'm just trying to, for, okay, this sounds like an excuse, but I'm still trying to figure out my career. That's okay. fair. That's not And an I'm at a point where I'm like, st- I feel like I'm transitioning into this being a real thing. Mm-hmm. And that's taking up a lot of time. Yeah. And it takes up a lot of effort. Yeah. And also I have to have a real job while doing right. that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. to do that, and also like my friends are great. That's wonderful. Comedians are amazing to hang out with. The th- everything I do is great like fun <laughs> and something I'm passionate about. Wow. That's beautiful. That's a very satisfying life. And so there's no room for pussy in that at, at the moment. Yes. That's great. But I'm like now it's, I've been uh pussyless to... for a while. How long? What's it while? Um, Since July. That's not that long. That's but okay. really not that bad. <laughs> but it's, uh, but it's also like that, uh, like you know, Mike, it? It, Mike just went like this. Mind the gap. <laughs> Loser. It really depends on who you're talking to. I mean, that sounds like a while to, for me. Oh God. Okay. I mean, it's, and it, it, it was like, I've gone way longer. Uh, What's the longest past, you've ever gone? I think two years. Ooh. Wow. That's impressive for you a man. Monk? Yeah. That's great. No, I just was a scared little boy. Oh, I was like, between 24 and 26. I think. Oh, those are like pivotal sexual years for you. Yeah. Man. You missed but out. Why Why the two-year period? I was like, I just was never really secure. or I was like an insecure guy naturally. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so you're nervous to talk to t- babes? Absolutely. I still don't know how to do it. <laughs> right. Like, I went to an all-boys school in high school. Oh. So didn't even get a chance to practice that's that so cruel to that, do to a boy yeah that's fucked up yeah. that's so cruel to do to a boy i think in all girls school that's also cruel because girls can be cunts but um they were at the, the all girls school yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah. to you or cunts to each other or both? Know, to, the, to each other i wasn't around right i, I, I thought like at the, you know sadie hawkins dance or something <laughs> you guys got together and they were real bitches did you ever do like a cross school dance like a school there school? were and i never went to any of the dances why i was you shy guy yeah you terrified shy boy? Yeah, I so I went to an all boys school and then like uh, I actually my nephews uh, so all my brothers went to the school all my cousins went to the school none of them sent their kids uh, and they were like considering whether or not to send their kids and I was like it doesn't seem like you're like they should go because they're already like nervous around women. Right, and that's wow. certainly not going to so, help. You yeah. already have pussies for kids, so don't I'm make it worse. It yeah, <laughs> so I turned out. I love that feedback, though. So wait, was there was it like a religious all boys school? Yeah. Why did you Catholic? Okay, okay. Ooh. and did you have any? Grew up Catholic. That's another layer of like why Catholicism, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. tell I us hear. a little bit about your upbringing. Um, grew up Catholic. So parents, are, whole family's Filipino. Um, are your parents f- from the Philip? From the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, they, and then went to Catholic school my whole life. That was one of the the main thing. That's really the only thing that my parents value is Catholicism. Really? Oh, boy. Yeah. That's it's pretty, rough. It's tough because I don't feel like I know my parents that well. Um, because yeah. I only know what a good Catholic is supposed to be. Interesting. Oh, and um, a good good Catholic. It's all control. It's all yeah. from what I've gathered. I, I um, Are there le- levels of Catholicism or is just there only one type? There's uh like Judaism has all these sects sects. 
I can't say that word, but you know what I mean. Um, like no, levels of Judaism. I think Catholicism is like is like one of the sects of Christianity. Okay. So okay, so it's pretty. If you're Catholic across the board, you kind of uh, have the same beliefs. Well, there's people who take it more yeah. seriously. I mean, because like if you're like a devout Catholic, like you can't even use birth control. Right. Yes. Right. Right. So yeah. what were the in your household? What was the Catholicism like? What were the limitations? Um, it's hard to say. Well, like. It was just about like decency and image. So it's like oh. keeping up a good image as a good Catholic, mm. being a decent person and like, you know, not doing any of the shit that you're not supposed to do. What uh, shit were you not supposed to do in the eyes of the Lord? Well, it, it, what's so weird is that uh, in terms of sex, didn't even have a conversation about that. Because you're not so, supposed to masturbate, are you? Oh, no, not at all. Right. Were you told explicitly, don't jack No, it? no, not at all. So the, the, that's, that's so a whole confusing. other thing. Because I went to Catholic school, there's a moment where they stopped teaching sex ed. I remember I like took home a letter to my parents in like fourth grade. They said we're not going to teach teach sex ed. That's something that uh, they should learn at home. And then I from was actually their, from their Catholic ass parents. I was just thinking about this. I like that they sent them a letter. Like they they were like, I prescribe one talk yeah. with your kid. Here, you do it. I don't want to. Yeah. And then yeah, you know that was the end of sex ed. Did your parents, parents give you a talk? No. Not so you at got all. zero sex ed. I got education. zero sex ed. So when you got a boner, what'd you think? Um, well, so I had been having boners for a while. And then at some point, I, I, I was just playing with it. And I was like, oh, shit, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Feels then, great. Yeah. Uh, and then. <laughs> is that the way it happens for all guys? You're just playing with it and then it explodes? Yeah. 100%. And when it explodes, yeah. are you like, did I just die? And come no, out? I had no. I was like, oh, no, this is a mess. <laughs> 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 I got to get a new pillow. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, it could be scary, I guess, if you don't know all that stuff's yeah, going to come out. When girls masturbate and you cut, there's nothing that comes out. So it's like, oh, that just yeah. felt really good. I'm going to do this eight times a day. Can, yeah. Wilford, can I ask you, did you think the first time you jerked <laughs> off, I thought that I was masturbating for a while when I was like hitting puberty. Oh. And then the first time I actually ejaculated, I was like, that's oh. masturbating. I didn't now know. I thought just like I thought rubbing your dick was just like masturbating. I was just touching yeah. myself yeah. before. Yeah, right. Well, and then the first time I did it, I was just like, oh my god. Uh, Does anybody I, else know about this? I, so I wasn't was even sure that what I was doing. I was like, this is a pretty cool feeling. Yeah. And I was just rubbing my dick against a pillow. Yeah. And uh, and then at some point, a bunch of stuff came out. Mm -hmm. And then Spider Man, was, yeah. Spider Man. <laughs> do you think you had made like a discovery, or I was like, uh, uh, I'm the first guy I to need do a, this. I was like, I need to figure out what this is. Yeah, that's where I was at in right. fifth grade. Because God, and your Catholic school wasn't school, talking to you. Your parents weren't talking no to you. I imagine there's no conversation amongst your siblings. Yeah, it's scary not knowing what come is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry for you. Okay. I'm starting to learn what it is. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I actually just did a, I did a semen study. Uh, Wait, you were involved in a your semen was involved in a study. Yes. Um, what does that entail? It's uh, entailed me going to a place and jerking off, jerking uh, it. This is just for money, right? Did you watch or porn? Were you were you actually involved in like the science? Well, uh, I did it because Matt Pavich was telling me that he. <laughs> yeah, uh, name names, all uh, comics, full names. Oh, name all the bad boys. <laughs> he, Pavich is not. Uh, he's not going to be worried about me. <laughs> he he's shit. already Same. been on the show. He's and he was. Uh, he did the study as well. And he told me to do, he was like, 
he was gonna Man, do it. Because I love being a guy. You just jerk off and get paid for it. Ugh, what a life. You don't get paid much. It's it's How like much? it's like a weekend spot pay. Yeah, Wilfred said, "I'm gonna jerk off anyway. Might as yeah. well, right? You know, a hundred bucks." Well, the reason why I did it was because Pavish was saying that it's like, this is like a three thousand dollar test to learn this about your scene oh, like this. Oh, what, what information were you learning? Just like uh, like motility, how like amount of cum or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a science That's guy. The and term. then uh, like how much of it is like uh, healthy, how much of it is deformed, like all this, all this stuff. Um, okay, so deformed cum, is that just cum that can't make a baby or is it like, does it speak to larger health I think issues? There's, so a sperm a that it, needs a cane. <laughs> A part of it is that, like, a lot of, like, I guess a lot of semen will have, like, is deformed and has, like, two heads or something. Right. Two tails or some shit. Yeah. Really? Freaking preservatives in our food. Am I right? Whoever has Google and and is listening to this, you're going to have to figure this out on your own. Because I'm not. Chad, we are not medical doctors. I'm not smart enough to know this stuff. My, Um, did you learn anything about your cum that surprised you? It's great. It's oh, some, your cum's... Oh, it's, it's you, some great stuff. Were you really excited really? about that? I was. Were yeah. you walking on sunshine after yeah. you after you got off that phone call? I texted with some friends who also because a few a bunch of comics did this study, uh, <laughs> and uh, how were their cum? You not name names, but like, did other men have? I had great I cum? had some of the best cum. Wow, <laughs> I can. This is the this is the most guy story I've ever heard. I can just see them all in a group chat, like comparing. Cum What's your results. mobility? Yeah. <laughs> how fast do you swim or swim? Well, I looked up. I I looked up deformed cum and it said, why are some sperm deformed? There are many factors that can lead to abnormally shaped sperm, including increased testicular temperature, exposure to toxic chemicals, mm. infection and genetic traits. Oh. Yeah. So the, the general study was the study that NYU was doing about um, like wh- how pesticides and food affects Semen. Semen. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Because um, the sperm count is like way lower, like in men in general. I in the truly world. thought we love that mine, to see it. I yeah. thought that mine was going to be completely empty. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been doing to your body? When you come, does smoke come out? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just baby powder. <laughs> <laughs> Easy cleanup. Just uh, like a vape. <laughs> just a fucking vape cloud. <laughs> Uh, uh, I just didn't like because I've never had a pregnancy scare in my right. life. Right, and uh, me neither. That I'm like, you know about shit. Am I broken? Well, and I've not that uh, I want one, but I went no birth control with my ex for three years. Did you pull out? Yeah, and it turns out I'm good at the timing. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's what it comes down to. So that you just had raw but sex I'm... for three years and pulled out, and yeah, that's that. I had raw sex. With my ex for like the last five years of the relationship. That's you guys are crazy gamblers. I loved it. Crazy gamblers. Yeah. I I mean yeah, it's way better than raw dog. Uh, no, guys, I also have raw sex, forever. but I'm just on the pill. Is what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm like it's not the raw sex. I'm well, so fighting. she she got an IUD put in, and then that <laughs> everyone's like, you don't even know sex. It's like yeah. no no no, I'm like, you're gambling with children here. <laughs> Insane. That's what they're for. Insane. Well, like she didn't like the uh, how the hormones were uh-huh. affecting her. So yeah. We're like, all right. Some women's just... be sensitive to that shit. Yeah. So we, she got the IUD. She got the IUD, and then uh, oh, well, then and she then was she, on. and then she got it taken out like a week later. Yeah. Oh, well, oh she had issues. Or maybe with that. a month later. Yeah. Um, was and... it? It wasn't mood issues, right? Because the well, there's hormone free IUDs and there's hormonal IUDs, but it goes right to where it's supposed to be. I'm trying area. to. I don't recall exactly what the issues were. Okay, so you really listened. 
This was like, to be fair, eight years ago. Oh, so, eight years ago. Yeah. That is fair. You're right. This wasn't like You're six right. months that's ago. A li- okay. That's a lifetime ago. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't person. recall. Men move on of... within two months. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. What I do recall was that when she got the IT, uh, she went with her an ex of hers. This is like early on into our relationship. I don't know why. Uh, wow, you're real laid back. I was say, not laid back wait, about that. Wait, did she say my ex is coming with me to my IUD? My thing? ex was like, her ex drove her to the appointment. Yeah, he just knows my pussy better. So. And I was like, I, well, I would have done that. Yeah. I totally would have done that. That's did you weird. have a car? Yeah. What? Oh, oof. That's yeah. rough. So, Wilfred. What'd you say to her? Do you remember? Like, why? Why? No, I don't. It was just like, I mean, it just became the, the first of many fights. Um, um, I can't believe you guys dated for three years because she, because like that seemed like some kind of like a masculinity test or something. Yeah. That you failed. Yeah. I sure did take that one on the chin. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, because I'm trying to think in my girl mind, I'm like, what was the strategy there? Yeah. Just wanted to see I how think protective it, you were, yeah. how into her you were, or something like or that. Or how much abuse I would take for the yeah. next Yeah, Or how years. jealous you got <laughs> or something. I mean, girls always do like a little jealousy test just to see. I used to be more you jealous. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Back then I was much more jealous. Well, did you bro, not enough to say anything about her ex taking her to did she uh, say I, she didn't say why she, the ex? Just because like her her and her ex are still friends. They oh. like uh so and he was available. And wow. I was and she didn't like, even ask you. Yeah. I and mean, you she fought went, a lot in that relationship? She went while I was at work, but I would have yeah, taken the purpose. day off. Right. You know? She wanted to be um, out with that ex. We, we fought. I don't know. I don't know how much a lot is. We ended up breaking up three years later. Um, I did think I was going to marry her. Why? Because there's this moment where this Toxicity was when I was good. listening. We were living in Seattle. And uh, there's this moment, I think... It was about, it was, this was around three years uh, of our relationship. She was like, we should move to LA. Okay. We should move to LA. You know, you, you don't have to get stuck here in Seattle as nice. a comedian. Nice. And then I was like, uh, right. And I, I loved her. And, uh, and what, right when that happened, I was like, oh, okay, I need to marry her. Cause that's all it took. Because, I mean, there, it was a good relationship, but there was this, the career thing, the fact that like uh, I just didn't feel like I was like fully supported. Uh, oh, okay, because so, this is a part, a huge part of me. The fact that I do stand. Well, she was willing to move, but did she like also just kind of want to move to LA and was making it about you? So it seemed more. That's what I was pleasing. Because so, I've never like like oh this is your idea. I guess we should go. And it's like bitch, who you know in LA? You trying to? I feel like comedian like male comedians' girlfriends are either like too supportive when they should like stop the dream a little bit, or absolutely like I can't wait till he gets over this phase. Like it's like someone who plays video games too much. <laughs> so what ended up happening was uh, that week I was like, I gotta get a ring. I gotta figure this out. Whoa! Because uh, this was like really the one hurdle that we had. Okay. Um, and then. Uh, so would she say things to you about like, but what do you really want to do, or like? Did you not career wise? You didn't feel supported. You said you didn't feel supported by her up until this point, right? Well, so I was like supporting us. I had a full time job as a doing social work, and uh, she was in grad school at the time. Oh, okay. And I was also doing spots at night. And she was upset that like her family had just moved to Seattle. Uh huh. So she was upset that like I like wasn't available to hang out. But and if you were supporting both of you financially yeah that's yeah. a big that's a yeah. big responsibility Who, i could have nothing to do and i wouldn't want to hang out with my partner's family correct yeah um 
But she and her family's great, actually. Uh, it's nice. like it was a better sense of family than my family. Okay, because oh, nice. I like you know I've had I've got Catholic family. That yeah, there was some distance. We're not sharing a lot. Yeah. We're not. Uh, we don't really. We don't really know each other. Having at all. a fake surface level relationship with your family is like so depressing. Yeah. Um. But her family, I I knew them. Yeah. Um. Didn't like all of them, but I knew them. Um. <laughs> and uh. Anyway, so she says let's go to la okay um and i'm i'm excited i'm like finally i'm free from like, seattle comedy from this scene fucking sucked. i hated it uh right and then uh a week later i'm like so uh like when do you think we should move to la and uh she's like you should move to la uh-oh I don't want to go. I'm not going anywhere. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, because I was I'm like, it's weird timing if her family just moved there. Yes. Uh, and she suggested it. So it's like, that's a... Hmm. She, she really suggested you should move to LA. I think yeah. in the end, it, like, if I look back on it, she was already done with the relationship. But she, ah. didn't, say, but she didn't say that. Yeah. I fucking hate that. And then uh, six months later, we broke up. Six months later, yeah, because you tried to hold on. Huh? So wait, oh, so you moved to LA and then tried to do no, long I never distance. Moved. Oh, okay, okay. No, because you, uh, you ended up coming to New York instead. Yeah, that's oh, why ultimately. I'm here. Okay. Um, so it just takes. It's when you we live together. Sure. We had a dog together. Yeah, like it takes a lot to really unwind. We went to a few couples therapy sessions and the, how those to, go. Um. <laughs> Great on my end because the therapist was like, "Why aren't you supporting Wilfred?" <laughs> so I was winning all those sessions. Whose <laughs> idea was it to go to the therapy? It was hers. Oh, uh, she that, probably regretted that shit. Really pissed her off. And she yeah. she went to three sessions and it was just like, "I don't think I want to go to those sessions anymore." Yeah, because yeah, because therapists are the problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, and then um, yeah, a few months later, I actually called uh, my one of my closest friends, Andy Haynes. Uh, this was the Love first Andy. time that we became close because mm-hmm. I was like, I called him. And I was like, Hey man, I'm in this dilemma. I like, don't, do I need to move to LA? Can I, can I stay in Seattle? Cause I want to keep this relationship alive. And, uh, and then that was the first time we had opened up to each other and whatnot. Cause like I said, guy friendships are tough. Right. Um, and talk me through it a little bit. And then was it, he married yet at the time? No, he was he'd gotten hit through his first divorce and he was saying, Oh, so he was okay, so okay. That's a good person to talk to. Yeah. yeah. He's seen some shit. Yeah. Um and and he's like, you know, from Seattle, moved to New York, moved to LA. Like like I was like, this is the one guy that has uh that I whose phone number I have that could <laughs> walk me through this. Um and so yeah, a few months later, uh at some point I was just like, Yeah, I don't think it doesn't feel like uh this is going anywhere and then uh like i i feel like i can't marry you anymore <laughs> that's yeah, yeah and then and then that was like the last week that we were together was she like <laughs> okay well then i guess see it like people are just bad at breaking up with each other she was I like think. well i guess we should just break up and she every time we had a fight the fights were like uh she would always put in the we should stop dating and i was like <laughs> we live together 
And I was like, that's every a, fucking that's fight? like an avoidant attachment. I kind of do that too. Yeah, I just don't. Wanna <laughs> really? put, I don't want to put up with it. It's never worth it. And every time I wish, like, I, I go. I wish the first time I threatened it, I had done it the first time. Yeah. But then you know that doesn't make people feel loved or welcome. So no, people, not at all. Um, but it's just not worth it. But also at the There's, time, and at the time, I'm uh, <clears> like <throat> I wasn't the most mature person. I also wasn't the most attentive person. Yeah. Mm. Um, I couldn't see that like uh there were real issues happening in the relationship why what were you focused on instead i wasn't uh aware of all of the like i was raised by like uh narcissists ah uh, mm-hmm. so i wasn't fully aware that like other people like the way you treat them affects them negatively yeah and yeah, yeah. it wasn't until i was in therapy where i was like oh i can like that's kind of a big one to miss it's a big one even yeah. i know that one yeah <laughs> yeah um but sometimes you don't know until was there a moment where you discovered your parents were narcissistic or did you always know were you one uh, of the no. lucky ones that always knew because that's i i figured it out like maybe three years ago right yeah and it's like it's like ac and bc like before christ and after christ like yeah. you can never not know it also well so like i figured out three years ago i've only seen them like twice since, since then. then nice and uh where do they live seattle oh okay um and what sucks about it is that i'm still in that place where uh where you can only see them as narcissists uh-huh. and i haven't accepted it i'm just angry oh yeah 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 yeah, um, yeah that's and so i haven't that's moved on from there yeah you yeah. will you will but it's you gotta let it happen naturally well there's you look at when you discover that your i discovered my mom was um you look at all the memories in a new lens yeah all, all your memory like my mom had a lot of suicide attempts and I remember Corinne one day said to me, your mom pretends to want to kill herself a lot, but she never actually does it. And I'm like, wait a second. I think she's manipulating How many me. attempts? She's like, uh-huh. She calls them, now you should call them performances. <laughs> <laughs> and now another performance of I'm going to fucking kill myself. Yeah. You've ruined my life, Christina. The, the, uh, the lights never turn off. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm curious if you, I don't know what the, what behaviors your parents did, but like like the, the suicide attempt, that's, I didn't realize that was manipulation. I thought she was genuinely bipolar and like had mental illness and I felt so bad for her. Then when I realized it was manipulation, I'm like, whoa, 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 fuck you. And yeah. so, but man, that, that anger is real. See, I didn't even have any, uh, growing up had no sense of like, uh, like mental health issues. Okay. Or like mental health problems or anything. So I was just like, oh, we're, because it was all framed under Catholicism. Right. And right. I, I also think we don't know, we don't recognize when we're young or, and even in like the time period that we grew up in when mental health wasn't discussed as widely, like just how many mental illnesses there yes, are. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so many guys. There's yeah. So many. <laughs> The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There's actually, so I have a joke about this. I was, when I was working like as a pseudo social worker, at the school. <laughs> pseudo. That's what the kids need, a pseudo social worker. Sounds safe. Help well, me get away from my abusive dad, pseudo social worker. Well, I was doing everything except for the clinical like uh, they they have to spend an hour talking to a therapist. Mm. I was I was doing uh all of the like it was a, my title was like community care coordinator. Okay. What did was, you have to do to get that title? I worked at the school for a long time. I was working at a school <laughs> they and saw like you at the desk. A lot. Yeah. I was uh I like ran all the after school programs there. Okay. I like uh and I was good with the community. And so I ended up nice switching to <laughs> another uh like this other organization who was trying to get in with that school. They wanted they had to get in with that school with a certain person. Mm-hmm. And they the school's like if you hire Wilfred, then you can get in. Okay. So um there's this one kid. What I what I was getting at was there's this one kid uh, at the school. This is how dumb I am about uh, mental health stuff. Is that there's this kid? I was just like, he, it was. It's an all black school. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This one like nerdy white kid, and I was just like, oh, he's just a he's just a loser nerdy white kid. Mm-hmm. And then I later found out that he was autistic, and I was like, oh. <laughs> That's why he couldn't relate to people. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but it's not discussed. This fucking loser. Yeah. The, In his own fucking world. Yeah. I was like, yeah, uh, yeah. what? And someone else had to tell me that. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Well, you need education but, about, yeah. like, what are the different, you know, things people can be experiencing. It also um, seems like that should have been on some kind of a chart that for was handed sure. to you. For sure. At, up any, That's at unfair any to that poor kid. You'd yeah. be surprised at how little training happens at all these Oh, times. no, I'm not. We're <laughs> not surprised. I was actually, when you were t- talking about like what, you know, you needed to get near the kids, I was thinking of what I did to join Big Brothers Big Sisters and it wasn't a lot. I charmed an old lady in a room and then I went to Subway Sandwiches and I got a sandwich for uh, my, my little sister, Jubilee, and then they just said, you can hang out with her and literally say whatever to her and you know i did yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right jubilee let me tell you about being a woman um uh uh what 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 behaviors or things your parents said to you that you didn't understand were narcissistic that you later learned were it just became about like how everything i did was and when i say my parents are narcissistic it's not to the extent of what your mom was doing uh it was just that everything i did and everything our family does was a reflection on them yeah yeah and how like like the fact that i live in new york the fact that i'm a comedian the things i say on stage like i recently have had a conversation with my family about a joke that i have 
And uh, they were like, that makes us look bad. So and you're a prop, not a person. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, it was just like coming to realize that and the fact that they never they never taught me how to relate to other people uh, because they never tried to relate to us. Yeah. Did they so, ever ask you how you were doing? No. Yeah, that's a, that's a bummer, man. There, I did remember this one time when my mom uh, like open mic'd I love you on me. <laughs> she It was like fourth grade and she said it in a phone like I... The way that she said it, I was like, "You've when was the last time you've tried this?" Because <laughs> like this a deer learning how to walk. Yeah, but it's saying, "I love you" to your to child, your, to your son. Yeah, and then she was like, "She so she said, I love you' in this phone call." She as we were uh, wrapping, up. she was, she called us because she left already for work. We mm-hmm. were going to go to school. She was just checking in, and um, at the end of the call, she's like, "I love you," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and she was like say it back <laughs> and then i said it and though i couldn't tell you how awkward it was it was <laughs> right the worst thing yeah yeah then that was the second time i've said i said i love you to my parents wow ever. the first time yeah. was because i had uh gone through uh confession mm, uh, as a catholic that old catholic you stuff. have to do it uh your first confession happens in first grade okay and then oh you gotta uh, which is like as a seven-year-old, oh. you're like, you're already thinking of sins and everything I do wrong. Yeah, that's Tell us the password that's to so, your magic diary. It's so spiritually unhealthy to make a fucking first grader confess yeah. sins. Oh, my God. Um, And so I, you know, I go to confession. I didn't really prep what I was going to tell the dude. <laughs> right. Like, what do you say? Yeah, you're seven years old. And I'm like, I don't know what I feel bad about. Yeah, right. your stand-up career began there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Got to workshop it. And then I told her, told uh, the her, pri- told, like, yeah, told the priest about this, um, <laughs> this time that like my brother and I were like play fighting and we, we like cracked a vase and we just never told my parents. Okay. okay. That's a cute, um, that's a good one. That's like a healthy. And then my, my penance was that I had to tell my parents that I love them, which that's, that's, that's my punishment. punishment. I'd rather yeah. tell them I broke the vase. <laughs> yeah. And I was not going to do it. I was like going to try to get away with it. And then yeah. at some point my parents were like, what? So what was your penance? And it was, I was like, sheepishly at dinner, I was like, it was to tell, to say I love you to you guys. And oh. they're like, okay, well, we'll do it. I, and I, I, was, I just did. And I was, I said, because, uh, you know, the, the line is, I love you, mom and dad. That's, that's a, they that's gave all you the, a line? That's all they the gave li- you a script. Is I, it well Fred, your line is, I, just, I love you, mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> I so wish wait, I had it, it written. But, and then I I completely, I was like, I love you, dad and mom. And like, <laughs> you <laughs> fucked like, it up? I completely flubbed it. the floor. It. Yeah. Um, and so that was the first time. Second time, like, it, we're still not comfortable saying it <sighs> right, to Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, Mike Birbiglia talks about this uh, for a large portion of his new one-man show he went to see last night, uh, Old Man in the Pool, and he was talking about how his family says, take care to each other instead yeah. of, I love you, and he goes, that's very different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it means enough. Uh, that, no, that's, that's your trauma showing. Yeah, Wilfred. yeah, yeah. Wilfred, <laughs> it's not I enough. think it's actually very important for a child to be loved and nurtured by their parents. I barely feel love, and I and I th- th- throw out I love yous to everyone. <laughs> I tell so many of my community, I'll, I'll be like, but I tell all my like my guy friends, I'll be I'll be like, bye, love you, and I, they say it back to me all the time. I've been saying I love you to guy friends lately. Yay, I love that. Since uh, like you know when in the early pandemic when we were checking in on each other that like started this yeah yeah uh 
that also helped me like figure out who my real close friends are and who yeah, the ones. absolutely who would say it back. <laughs> Wait, did no? Did some friends not say it back? And you're like, no, it's more that like uh, some friends I didn't call. Oh, I see. Okay, uh, yeah. and they didn't call you stopped me. Stopped loving them. Um, oh, like, I got rid of so many people during the pandemic. It was great. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't feel like I got rid of them. I just like faded uh, them out. I didn't. Or push them to a lower level. Yes, that's yeah. what happened. Yeah, it's not like I wouldn't like if I walked by them on the street, I wouldn't say hello to them anymore. But yeah, and I'll like completely hang out when we're on shows together. But <laughs> I'll completely hang out when we have to be in the same space yes. anyway. When we're professionally obligated yeah. to. Yeah, do when so. we're paid to be at the same space. Right, right, are right. your parents <laughs> upset that you don't talk to them, or they're like, eh, I don't we didn't know. like you much anyway? <laughs> they don't text me. Okay, or, so they don't give a call. Sh- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a brother. This oldest- is so fascinating. It's it's always the like when you cut your parents off and they're like, all right, and you're like, you're not even going to try to not. But I, that's actually one of the repair? things that where I realized that they're narcissistic was because they, I will be around them and they'll be like, so and so doesn't call, and I was like, your the phone works your your way. Yes, yes, yeah, and, uh, yes. And then it's uh, always your fault. When I did call, it there was nothing to talk about. <laughs> Right. And I was like, oh, you you just want me to call so you can tell people that I called. Yep. Or like you want me to reach out. You you want us to look like a loving family. Right. Oh, it's so depressing. Yeah. Because I'm like, don't you feel the lack of love, mom and dad? There's no love here. How do you not feel that? Well, they have each How other, How do I you guess. not feel that? That's yeah. true. You're right. I mean, they also came from shitty families. That's what I was like, sure. It's not. Yeah, for I, I sure. I think part of it is like, so it's like we are expecting Im- uh, like maturity from people who I don't Aren't know that they, ha- they have it. You know, just because they're your parents doesn't mean they're mature people. Right. And I think like, you know. You know, think of like how old we all are. Like they would have full ass families by now, and like yeah. think of how rocky our like grasp on relationships still is. <laughs> yeah, Could you know, you imagine having kids, right? So it's like, like so. I and I, I had good parents, and but like if I think about it, like ten, I would have had you know like a almost like a ten year old kid right now, right? And I would have had a ten year old kid and a five year old kid right now. Oof. Yeah, that's my, crazy. That's crazy. My parents had all five kids. Five. Uh, by. By my age, they had their youngest. How, how old are you? I'm 36. Okay. Could you so, imagine having five kids right now, Wilfred? No. Holy shit. I couldn't imagine having one. And that makes me have sympathy for parents. Like, yeah. you know, our parents. And they know? weren't having conversations like this. They weren't right. going to therapy. No. They the were, dads they didn't, didn't have, have any friends. Podcasts yeah. or self-help books. Yeah. Like, I mean, they probably had one that was just like, have Get dinner ready when, you're, when your husband gets right. home, bitch. Don't talk back, <laughs> whore. Yeah. You whore. Yeah, there was not. And also because my parents were immigrants, their sense of what like America was, was older than what it really is. How do you mean? They had this uh, white picket fence idea of what Mm. America is Mm. supposed to be. It was for like a second, even though it never really was. But like there was like a everyone got faked out for like a decade. Yeah, but they didn't get immigrate here until the 80s. And then by the time they got they had enough money to buy a house, it like America just wasn't what. Like it just wasn't that you you own a house you're set. Yeah, right, thing. right, right. And yeah. then they would have to also like the the two other hurdles were like probably I'm guessing racism and then also having to like be new pe- people like yeah. in, in a new place. That's actually something that I'm going through right now where I'm trying to learn about being Filipino. Yeah, because oh, yeah. Uh, my parents were immigrants. They so you're were first like, generation. Yeah, yeah. I was the first one in my family born here. Wow. And so congrats. They didn't wow. teach me the language because they were trying to learn English. So why would assimilate? They, why would they try to push uh, like Tagalog on me? Yeah. Damn. You know, and um, I didn't I don't know much about it wasn't until like I was 31 
I learned about their immigration process. Holy oh, shit. Wow. And like when they moved That's here such a and how. big thing. Yeah. Like my dad moved to, they, my family moved to Seattle and then my dad left and went down California looking for jobs. Wow. And he didn't get a job until he was in Dallas, Texas. Wow. Then he had to really? ship the whole family to Dallas. Oh my God. Shit. And then. That uh, motherfucker worked. Yeah. Whew. So it's like, you know, uh, Sure, he didn't teach me anything about emotions, but but he did something <laughs> like, that was really hard. To it was really do. hard to do. Yeah. yeah, like what skill or trade was he involved in in the Philippines? So they owned businesses. Like my parents were actually wealthy in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then, um, uh, because my dad also like his family had money, mm. so they had like a bunch a bunch of businesses. They had like uh, to so the kind of, like entrepreneur like kind of yeah. yeah. Like I remember they had a. Uh, my dad told me they own like a business, you know, those like Japanese stores where it's like a bunch of just junk for yeah, I love them. two or three dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They sure. own one of those in the Philippines. Oh, cool. Um, like a trinket store. Yes. Or like notepads, sticky notes. That's yes. fun. That are shaped like bunnies. Yeah. I like pink it. Pens I love that shit. And whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fun store. Fucking jelly pens. Yeah. Oh, man. With it's all going to break. It's like and... a generic yeah. Sanrio store. Ugh, love yes. it. I love Sanrio. Yeah. Just a bunch of stuff that's going in the ocean eventually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you really get to appreciate it for like a week. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so they moved here and then, uh, like, had no, uh, none of, my uncle was a lawyer, moved here, became a janitor. I was literally in my Whoa. head, I, 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 in my head, I was like, he was a janitor here. And then he said janitor. Like, literally Whoa, a janitor. Like, yeah. That's so, well, it's also just, like, such an American shit show story. So, but, so if they were rich American in the Philippines, was it because of this, like, vision of America that they were sold, that they wanted to live here? Like, they it must was, have known they had, there was going to be a drop off in their, like, well, they, income level or like at least immediate there was a little bit of the dream that was sold on them yeah but the main reason they left was because of corruption in the philippines okay mm-hmm. i was thinking uh, there's something yeah in the government uh, it was in the end of uh fernand marcos's uh reign okay and he would, he had just been like a pretty shitty dude to uh, the whole country mm. um and like he like at some point there's a story where he like raided my like the government or some people raided my grandpa's place oh fuck grandpa i guess had a whole wall of guns uh, oh my <laughs> god Grandpa. Grandpa's uh, locked and loaded yeah history. um and then raided that and took all of his stuff and whatnot oh and, shit that's terrifying yeah there's this also i just this is a story that i just found out uh oh my, i was gonna say is that imelda's uh husband imelda's husband yeah. yes so i watched the, there's a documentary about imelda marcos mm-hmm. uh called the kingmaker i watched that and Ooh. um and I, it, she's not, uh, it's not, it doesn't paint her in a great light. Okay. And I don't, I mean, I don't think any, besides her, uh, her notorious shoe collection, I don't think anyone's like yeah. Imelda Marcos. What a great There's lady. this moment in the, <laughs> in the documentary where uh, she's, you know, this is where I'm, I learned a lot about my family. Because uh, there's a lot of like image that comes with Imelda Marcos, mm. you know, and she is looking proper the whole time. And there's this moment where she like puts her arm on a table Images. and it and it wobbles and a glass breaks. And like you can see like in the still in frame, like her server is like cleaning up the glass, like scared. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that's. That's like my family. Wow. <laughs> that must yeah. be that must give you so much anxiety to live like that. Like anytime I'm around people who care so much about like what other people think, it like actually gives me anxiety being around yeah. them. I got I can't it's imagine a, it's a very like that. It's a very specific energy. And and it's hard to like get rid of that for myself. Yeah. Right? How Especially do you like as a comic, I'm supposed to just be myself on stage. I know. Like, how do I 
you know you're like but who am i to begin with yes who am i what do i like yeah you know yeah. this is all shit that i'm still talking about in therapy mm-hmm. yeah 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 but and it's and it's and it makes you like it's dissociative in a way because you're like do i even know who i am and then that's a scary little yeah my therapist hole. was like all right so if you went on because va- i was like i should probably go on vacation at some point uh, yeah and she's like if you went on vacation what would you do and i was like huh I guess I do what I see on Instagram. <laughs> and she's like, "Well, what do you like?" And I'm I like, would, "I don't know." <laughs> I would hold my tits in the sun. I yeah, exactly. I'd go. I'd well, you like basketball? Yeah. Go to the basketball <laughs> hall of fame. It's wild. That's a, that's a domestic trip. It's I've... wild when you are taught indirectly, directly that like you only matter. How you affect me is how you matter. Like to a parent, yeah. by, by a parent, and so that really you 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 lose out on getting to know yourself. And then when you have to get to know yourself in your thirties, you're like this fucking sucks. Handy to be in a, a to be a woman in a heterosexual relationship, though. Yeah, because you yeah. just need the same skills again. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, and that's what I did in my last relationship, where I was just the uh, the woman doing that for her. Uh, you were doing that for her. Yeah. You know, just being supportive and whatnot. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So well, that that t- that that falls into like the role you played as a child with your parents yeah, in a way. You know, yeah. was she narcissistic in any way? Like had like traits. Obviously, we'd be diagnosing that all the time. But like you know, I don't I don't know if I put that on her. Okay, well, it's uh, interesting because when you look up narcissism statistically, like for all the people that well, I've heard call people narcissists, I go it, the numbers don't add up, guys. Yeah, yeah. we need like another term that's like a little less. Yeah narcissistic and it's, just like the world of revolves around me in a toxic way yeah what's like the spectrum of narcissism? i think, I think it's also like a larger you know even beyond mental illness it's a larger commentary on like just human beings and society and how we are and i think we yeah. saw a lot of that during COVID. like you would think a, an experience like that should bring us closer to our you know fellow country men and women and it yeah. certainly did not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was a moment where i was like oh i felt like i, I was brought closer to new yorkers yeah you know, because we were like New York tough. That was like a thing that was happening in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I was like to my friend circle, I was brought closer to for sure. Yeah. Um, the ones that, you know, I chose to, you know, carry on with. But overall, I mean, I feel more distant from people than ever. Oh, and, yeah. and, and part of it is my disgust with how people handled that. And I'm not talking about mm. like people who didn't wear a mask. Just like it's like, I mean, it was just like it, it felt so animalistic. Like, I just got to live for me. And then also like people yelling at each other about the masks. I was like, yes, I, I don't. They were just yelling at each other. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, there was in those first few months, probably like first six months, like where we were just like people were separated. Uh, and then we learned that we can go on walks. We mm-hmm. And then we started going on walks and then we were all hanging out at parks. And it was like this very beautiful time in new york very mm-hmm. bohemian yeah. and then it ended up becoming you know everything's politicized and mm-hmm. then we started yelling at each other it's like yeah, yeah. you're not a bad you're you're a bad well, and person then, and then it gave story. people yeah. like a, a a tunnel an outlet rather for anything that they didn't like about themselves to just yell at somebody else yeah. for, for something so it's like if you have aggression in you or anger in you or confusion in you it, you can't hide it for that long it'll come out eventually and usually it comes out in the form of projecting and i feel like there was a lot of projecting during COVID. oh and i was thinking because i'm like i'm like i i didn't like people who wore masks and yelled at other people for not wearing them any more than people who didn't wear masks. I thought yeah, they all yeah. sucked. Yeah, and just yelling at people what to do. It's well, like, and in thing, and when things fall apart, they kind of talk about people like that. I mean, like obviously, it's written twenty years ago, so that's they don't know what's gonna, ha- you know, 
uh, Pema or Pima, I don't know how you say her first name. You don't know what's going to happen in the world, but they, they, it's kind of foreshadowing for, you know, what liberal, uh, like extremism has turned into. Mm. And it, and it very clearly states in like Buddhism that people who feel that way, it's just because they lack purpose and it makes yeah. them feel mm-hmm. a sense of purpose in the world, which I mean, I didn't need that book to tell me, but it was nice. Like when an old religion backs it up, yeah. you know, you're like, Oh, well, I mean, that was obvious. It's just, I, I don't think those people are any better they just are louder yeah it feels like uh i don't know there's no uh people are just trying to be right and i think exactly and i i don't want to just like big up comics because i I, there's a part of me that's like it feels like the comedians in my life are the only ones that see through the the two sides yes they're just because we're just trying to be ourselves and it's also the specific type of comedian that i think you're friends with because it's certainly yeah. not all comedians there's oh, some absolutely. very fucking obnoxious comedians yes i live um, in brooklyn there are. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's and that's disappointing because you're like now it's not even like there's no clarity on even what a comedian is because usually you could be like oh like a comedian is someone who's going to be able to see this from both sides and like that's certainly not yeah. true anymore. and that's one like as i'm uh getting into dating and trying to figure out who I want to be with. Yeah, like, what's your approach here? So right now, I've I've, I've nailed it down to what I do get. What I I know what I want. What do you want? I want to be with someone that makes me laugh. Awesome. Which is already a high bar. Wow. Uh, okay. Not really? Because in fact, women can be funny. I don't know if you. And that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I uh, think it's more just like being a comedian. It's hard to find someone that's going to make you laugh because we're yeah. yeah we are around the funniest people all day. Yes. But would you date a comedian? And there's I, the hesitation. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Why? To find a, a woman who's not a professional comedian who's going to make you laugh is is a little difficult. The reason why I, I'm not sure if I date a comedian is because... Uh, Same I, goes for a man. I also feel like mm-hmm. I have to really respect uh, like how good you are at the thing that you're passionate about. For sure, yeah. And uh, there are... You guys are both very good comedians. Like There are a lot yeah. of great comedians that are women. Yeah. Uh, but... So I'm like, get out I, your script. From I feel the, like from I know. <laughs> I feel like I need to date up, yeah. or at least right. my level. And there aren't a lot of uh, women that are up or at least my level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm like, and I also, so I don't want to like date someone who sucks at this. Right, it's really yeah. a numbers game. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a numbers thing. Yeah, um, we're giving you an out. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, you value you value also laughing and the being yeah. So being makes you laugh. That was yeah, an amazing first uh, trait to list and very not heterosexual of you. I know we like it. Thumbs up. Okay, we approve. I don't think I'm coming out pretty good in this. No, podcast. no, you actually <laughs> no. This are. is good. This no, is that was good. The the next thing is uh so. I I've also realized what vulnerability means to me. What does it mean to wow, you? Wow, what a sentence. Because Someone's uh, been to therapy. Look, we all talk all the time. Yes. And we all talk very openly yep. all the time. So vulnerability, you know, our and line of like vulnerability, vulnerability. It's more like oversharing. But yeah. that's, this is vulnerable to other people. Exactly, not to us. To, yeah, not to, to us. Mm-hmm. To me. It's just how's the weather to me. Vulnerability is saying something cancelable. Oh. And, and just... Because oh, you to know- me that's being that's like bravery, and I also a trait I look for in people. It's yeah. one of the things I liked about not my most current ex, but the one before. So that's like I was actually thinking about this this morning, like you know, because we've been talking on the show a lot. Uh, the things that. Uh, straight men look for in women versus the things that I as a straight woman look for in men and I look for like qualities that make an interesting person which don't necessarily make a good partner whereas Mm. it's many times and you're not falling into this trap 
that we set for you. Um, <laughs> where yes. the things that men look for in women are all like kind of like uh, like spousal traits, like, like make what? sandwiches, makes me feel good about comforting. myself. I don't know. If, Nurturing, comforting. I don't know. I guess maybe I'm around better people. Like they're like men, they're like but, they're like yeah. traits that you would use to describe your mom when you're four. Sure. Yeah. Mm. The the. Anyone, anyone that says like, "Oh, I want someone who's good in the kitchen," who fucking cares? I, I haven't heard that one. I hear it. I hear it. But, but it, yeah, that that was the most extreme example sure. from my list. And, yeah. yeah, you know. Um. So yeah, someone I can vulnerability to me is saying something that society would like, you know, yell at me for. Okay. And I I feel like I have that with a lot of comedians. Yep. Yeah. I've definitely. It's a deep bond. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, I trust you with. With like this, all this trouble that I could yeah. Logan <laughs> once once said to me in in Eastville, he goes, "Yeah, I could tell by your Twitter that you're not trying to be a good person, and I like that." Yeah, <laughs> I appreciated ah! it. I knew what you meant. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really funny, though. Okay, and then um, so and those are the main things, and then someone that I want to bang. <laughs> yeah, it's really like it's someone that I want the sexual attraction. Those are yeah. very broad things. No, I know, no, but like they're but, not broad. But, None of them really went into like, besides like being funny, I guess, is like entertaining to you. None of the other ones were really like partnering of service, you know, being of service to you, which is, which is it's good. so rare to have a guy come on the show and not list any partner traits that are like just the woman being of service in some way to his emotional no, uh, or physical need. I mean, like the sex is fine because that's mutual well, attraction. Need attraction. Sure. Yeah, that's I fine. think for me, it's like I've. Because uh, I've been single for so long, mm-hmm. uh, and I've really figured out how to be alone. Yeah, that's a great um, skill. And it'll make you a really good partner too. And I uh, like, and I also know that I need. I mean, I guess I'll throw this one in there: someone that can be alone themselves. Yeah. Um, because I need alone time to figure it. You know, we all need alone time yeah. to think and be creative. Yes. Um. So, what a great list. Yeah, yeah. I'm very impressed. And very I think that that's list. kind of the end of the list. Yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> So how are you going to meet this lady? Yeah. I don't know. I, well, you know what you're I did? On, you're on our show, so there's a start. Yeah. Uh, what's your Instagram handle? Great it's, calves, too. I was saying this before the camera. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen I, it I don't yet, know if they're not as good say be- that often. because of the moving, but I was like, the whole time you uh, Wilford helped me move uh, my dad's store. Um, thank you. I know that was quite the feat. And uh, and I was like, what the, the fucking legs calves on this on guy. Man. Yeah. The legs nice. on this man. That's my best. get implants. Like soccer like player. That. Yeah, I got good legs. Yeah. Nice. God yeah. Own it, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was... Uh, I don't know. I... What were we talking about? I was asking what your ins- <laughs> I was asking what your oh, Instagram handle is. It's just my name, is. Wilfred Padua. Okay. Um, oh, and, and it'll be how, in the description. And how I'm going to meet this person? You know, yeah. I, was, uh, I was just talking with my buddy, uh, and he was telling me about how th- this gets a bad rap because of the book, The Game. But mm. he's been trying to approach women in person. That's and, wise. And he uh, like and in the game they call it day gaming or whatever, uh, which like. <laughs> I kind of want to read. I got to read the game. Approach your prey. Yeah. Uh, but don't let her see your closet. I, I actually could not listen to it. I tried to listen to it. You couldn't get through on, it. I was just like, this is kind of weird and boring. I feel that way a lot about a lot of like popular self-help or like relationship books. Yeah. They're very hard to get through. It's also like, like, this is like, this. Uh, it's patronizing to me at this and point. And it's like been yeah, talked about. So it's like, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> right. Um, you, I, I mean, the game, you know, did they talk about negging in the game as well? At some point. Yeah. yeah it's I such that's what, I think that's where the term human way to yeah. meet someone. I just like, learned that from the VH1 mi- mystery show, which I think he was just doing the game yeah. with a hat on. No, mystery 
Gregory is. I he's think, the author of the game. I think he's like who the game is about. Oh. Okay. I don't know. It, it's a. I'm bad not in this foot. world. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but he's been trying to uh, approach women in person, and I was just like, we're driving up to a show together, and I he was telling me about this, and I was like, tell me about like what the process is, and as he was telling me about this, I like noticed my arm started across, and I was like getting anxious. <laughs> Because I don't do this. Right. This isn't who I am. Right. Yeah. Like, I've been, like, dating on the apps. Yeah. Which fucking It's sucks. also not human, you know? Yeah, it's not human, but at least it, it sets up this context. Like, we're both wanting romantic involvement. Yeah, we're both here because we're interested in pursuing yeah. something with someone. Um, and But, like, crossing that line. What's from, your like, age bracket? It is uh, <laughs> 29 to 38. Oh, look at you! What an appropriate age bracket. Well, Fred. I've Mine's 25 to 29. Suck it, everybody. I, I changed it. <laughs> Fuck you all. I changed Mine's it. Mine's anyone who will love me back. No, I, I turned <laughs> I turned off my dating app, but for the two days that it was on, it, I did. I put it on. Well, I had it on 23 to 29, and I was like, all right, this is too this is too low. <laughs> 23. All right, right Epstein. For me, <laughs> like 23. Well, my ex boyfriend, when we started dating, he was 23, but I mean, I was also not the age I am now, so. Yeah, that was just like last year. That was two, two, two years. Yeah, yeah. Wilbur was there so for that. Whole three hundred sixty-five. He heard all those jokes. He heard all those jokes. A lot of living happened in between uh, here. But for me, twenty-three to twenty-six or twenty-three to twenty, because I've dated a twenty-four-year-old at some point, and I was just like, "This isn't." I don't know. I feel like you got to get roughed up by life a little bit more yeah. uh, to Couldn't really more. get where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen some shit, Wilfred. Yeah. You want to. I've also not seen anything. Like, I just (laughs) hang out in my apartment, don't do shit. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Yeah. What? I mean, the the qualities you're looking for and the age bracket and the the calves alone should really be a selling point for all our listeners. You've got a bright future ahead of you. Thanks. Thanks. Incredible. I'm Um, hoping it comes fast because I'm. I'm, (laughs) Because you're very lonely. (laughs) And I'm also just like. motherfuckers. Yeah. I'm just sick of, uh, like, uh, being 36 and where I'm at. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. That's the motivation. That. That's fuel to to pivot. So yeah. Where what where can we find you online? What would you like to promote? Uh, where can we see more of you? Um, just at Wilfred Padawan. Everything. Um, I've got a unique enough name that no one else has that. Nice. Um, <laughs> And uh, I don't know. I'll update my website with the dates at some point. Okay. Uh, okay. But I, most of the shit is on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm gonna get more active on the other on the other video shits. Yeah, I feel like your your TikTok does pretty well, right? It did, and then I stopped posting because uh, I, I I got good. I got like sixty thousand followers like immediately, and I was like. <laughs> Oh, I beat TikTok. <laughs> like, you got it. I don't have to. I don't play. Well, yeah. 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 yeah, TikTok punishes yeah, you. Exactly. Oh, oh, it's wow. like a narcissistic well, parent. Follow Wilfred yeah. on TikTok to see his clips. They're very funny. Uh, thank you so much for sitting and uh, letting Sweet. us grill you with questions. Thanks for having you handled me. Handled it well. Uh, this has been guys. We fucked the anti slut Jimmy podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. Guys We Fucked is presented by Luminary. Created and hosted by Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson. Editing and music coordination by Mike Coscarelli. Theme song by Rob Patterson and Jake Cozen. Suck my wet ass pussy. (laughs) Christina said to cut that before, but now it's in there. Yeah, let's keep it. Who cares? Let me in
This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.